Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today, as we're continuing to walk our way through the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, we come to the story of where the prophet Samuel anoints Saul as the first king of Israel. This story gives us some important leadership lessons for learning what not to do in how to lead people and what God does want us to do in how to lead people. You may not think of yourself as a leader and you may not be in a formal leadership position, but all of us have influence over others and all of us do exert some kind of leadership. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on what we need to lead. People who have certain life-threatening allergies know that a shot of epinephrine can save their lives. To do that, most people use the EpiPen given the fact that it had 90% of the market. The EpiPen was a brand of epinephrine auto-injector that stopped anaphylactic shock. The product was essential for anyone with an extreme allergy. Because it had a 12-month lifespan, it had to be replaced once a year. And at a cost of $100 for a two-pack, that made for good business. In 2007, a company called Mylan bought the rights to the EpiPen brand. Because the EpiPen controlled the market and because there was no generic option, there was nothing to stop Mylan from raising the price of the product by an average of 22% every year. When they saw how the price increases also increased their stock value, the board decided to keep raising its prices. They offered certain employees a one-time opportunity. If they doubled the company's earnings per share over the next five years, they would share in what could be hundreds of millions of dollars of bonuses. The top five executives alone would stand to make $100 million. So the next year, they raised the price of the EpiPen 32%. By 2016, they had raised the price 15 times since 2009. The price had now increased from $100 to $600, a 500% increase over just six years. The company probably would have continued to raise its prices if it had not been for a massive public outcry and a congressional inquiry by the House Oversight Committee. In appearing before the committee, the company's CEO refused to apologize for their actions. She did not think that they had done anything wrong. 
Instead, she claimed that they had done a good thing because it brought attention to abuses in the healthcare system. But if the company had put ethics above earnings, and if they had put customers over its shareholders, they could have brought about some positive changes in the market. Instead, the company got caught acting unethically and refused to accept responsibility for their actions. It was a failure of leadership. Two years after the EpiPen pricing scandal, Mylan settled with the U.S. Justice Department for $465 million for overcharging the government for EpiPens it misclassified as generic. The acting U.S. attorney said that they misclassified their EpiPen to profit at the expense of the Medicaid program. We expect that when people are caught doing something wrong that they will feel bad, feel guilty, or have trouble sleeping at night. But Mylan seemed very relaxed with the choices they made. They were defensive and unapologetic. It was a failure of morals, a failure of ethics, and a failure of leadership. The Old Testament book of 1 Samuel gives us some lessons on leadership. When God directs the prophet Samuel to crown Saul as the first king of Israel, we see that there are three things that all of us need to lead. Character, calling, and courage. The first thing we need is character. 1 Samuel 8, 1 through 8 says this. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, you are old and your sons do not follow your ways, now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. We now jump ahead in the story to a time when Samuel was old. He has had a good and positive career as a prophet in Israel. He was the leader they needed, and he did a lot of very good things. But here we discover that he appointed his sons as his successors, 
which was a strange move as prophets and judges are called by God. They are not hereditary offices like those of priests or kings. Secondly, we also discover that his sons did not follow his ways. They were corrupt. They were motivated by dishonest gain. They took bribes. They perverted justice. They were unethical leaders. This leads the elders of Israel to demand that Samuel appoint a king to lead them. Samuel is deeply offended by this request, but God assures him that it is not Samuel they are rejecting, but God. God commands Samuel to give them a king. While Samuel continues to warn them that a king would cause hardship for them, the people have their minds made up, and God is willing to grant their request. This story highlights the importance of leaders having a good, strong, positive, moral, and ethical character. Unfortunately, Samuel's sons, who were in leadership positions, lacked the character they needed. When people sense that their leaders lack character, they don't want to follow them. They look for new ones. And here they reject Samuel's sons and ask for a king because they don't see the kind of character that's needed in a good leader. Lord Acton once made the comment that has been repeated many times throughout history, that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. However, others have said that part of the problem is that people who are already corrupt seek power. One of the problems that we have is that so many people who seek leadership positions in the world do so because they already possess a corrupt desire for power. So that when they do get into office, they simply act according to the lack of character they've had for a long time. Power itself is not a bad thing. What is bad is when people seek power as an end in itself, rather than using it as a means to an end. What is bad is when people use their power to serve themselves, rather than serving the people who elected them for the common good and for the good of the country. Chuck Colson, who served as President Richard Nixon's hatchet man during the Watergate scandal, and who went to prison for it, once said, I entered government believing that public office was a trust, a duty. Gradually, imperceptibly, I began to view it as a holy crusade. The future of the public, or so I rationalized, depended upon the president's continuation in office. But whether I acknowledged it or not, equally important was the fact that my own power depended on it. Chuck Colson found that his desire for power grew 
and he did not exercise his power ethically. He said, power is like salt water. The more you drink it, the thirstier you get. The lure of power can separate the most resolute of Christians from the true nature of Christian leadership, which is service to others. It's difficult to stand on a pedestal and wash the feet of those below. When we think about who we elect to leadership positions, character should be at the top of the list. The second thing we need to lead is a sense of calling. In 1 Samuel 9 and 10, it says this. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Apia of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Now the day before Samuel came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Samuel did not pick Saul to be the king of Israel. God picked Saul to be the king of Israel. God called Saul into this leadership position. Saul didn't volunteer for it. He didn't desire to be king. He didn't deserve to be king, but it was a position that God called him into. There are some churches where if someone stands up and says, God has called me to be a pastor, everyone just nods their heads and says, Okay, I guess you must be a pastor then. But that's not how it happens in our church. In our church, if someone feels called to be a pastor, that calling has to be confirmed by people in the congregation, people in the denomination, and people who are teaching the necessary classes in Bible, theology, church history, philosophy, and ethics. We make people wait a period of time so that we can observe how they act, how they treat people, and how they demonstrate leadership. If others who observe their work do not confirm their calling into ministry, then we tell people, we think you are mistaken. We do not think God has called you into ministry. We believe that a calling from God has to be confirmed by others in the body of Christ. 
calling is an important aspect of leadership. The third thing we need to lead is courage. In 1 Samuel 10, Samuel tells Saul, after that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. When Samuel had all Israel call, come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, has the man come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the supplies. They ran and brought him out. And as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. So here we see that the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Saul. God changed Saul's heart and he became a different man. He needed this change in order to be able to lead the nation of Israel. However, when Samuel conducts the ceremony to anoint him as the first king of Israel, Saul could not be found. He had hidden himself among the supplies. Unfortunately, Saul was lacking the courage to step into the leadership role God was calling him into. He did not have the confidence he needed. He has a hesitancy that did not bode well for him. His actions suggest a reluctance to obey God's calling. It's often been said that God does not call the equipped. He equips those he has called. If God calls you to do something, he will give you what you need to accomplish it. And if God gives you what you need to accomplish it, you can have the courage that you can do it. There's no need to doubt God. God's spirit had already come upon Saul. God was giving Saul everything he needed to be a successful king. 
But from day one, Saul was already doubting God. He lacked the confidence and the courage that every good leader needs to succeed. The pattern that we see in the Bible is that God calls unlikely people to serve him. We see God choosing leaders we would not choose. We see God raising up leaders we would not raise up ourselves. The best leaders are never the brash and arrogant ones. The best leaders are always the humble ones. But once leaders are called and installed, we need to lead with courage, knowing that God will lead and guide and direct according to his divine plan. Character and competency are always important. Not all of us have formal positions of leadership, but all of us can lead. All of us have influence. All of us have an effect on the people around us and God can lead our world through each one of us. The story of Samuel anointing Saul as the first king of Israel shows that we all need character to lead. The desire for a king arose out of the failure of Samuel's sons who had been put in leadership positions they did not have the character for. Some people today try to argue that our leader's character doesn't matter. They think only the policies matter. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that character always matters. Leaders who lack character will always create problems. You cannot be a good leader without character. The story of Samuel shows us that God's call comes upon people to lead and that God is calling you to do something too. The story of Samuel shows us that we need the courage to lead and that that confidence comes from the Spirit of God. We need to listen to the Spirit and allow the Spirit to guide and direct our lives as God chooses to lead through us. Leadership is always about character, calling, and courage. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.